Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. You guide us, you counsel us, and you speak to us through it. Give us a deeper knowledge of who you are. Reveal to us how you've called us to live for you. And as we remember the first Easter Sunday, we pray by your word and by your spirit, convict us of the truth and hope that comes in Christ and in Christ alone. We pray for your glory and in his name. Amen. How would you sum up the last month? Would you use words like panic, fear, uncertainty, anxiety, perhaps? What about the word hope? It's been really interesting. If, if you've been on social media a lot, as I have, and let's be honest, we've all been on social media a lot more than usual. Uh, amongst all the bad news we've scrolled through, there's been also a lot of good news amongst the bad. You would have seen there have been moments where our world has promoted a sense of unity, of coming together and finding joy even during a pandemic. There are a lot of quarantine challenges that I'm seeing online at the moment. I've been tagged in one too many push-up challenges for some reason. But we've also seen other initiatives, haven't we? People putting teddy bears in their windows so children can go on walks and spot the teddy bear. We saw initiatives of giving free food or discounts to, to healthcare workers on the front line. I saw clips of people singing together from their balconies, which in turn actually inspired our favorite Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, to release a video with other celebrities singing uh, Imagine by John Lennon. I don't know if you saw that. And although it got a lot of slack, the idea behind it was nice. It was kind. Let's, let's get through this together was the message. In more recent weeks, even better, we saw John Krasinski, one of my favorites. You know, he, he was filming video clips called Some Good News, SGN. His latest episode brought the cast of the Broadway show Hamilton together to, to sing to a young nine-year-old girl. And everyone's getting aligned. They're banding together. Why? Yes. Well, it is to bring joy. And yes, it is to bring entertainment to help people feel at ease. But what's at the heart of all this togetherness? You see, while we're all isolated, everyone has felt it. Even in the slightest degree, a bit of panic, a bit of fear, anxiety, uncertainty. Sure. Like for me, it's been stress. But while we can still gather online, while we can church online, while we can connect on Zoom online, and while we can still you know, listen to celebrities sing songs out of tune or, or have good news pre presented to us by John Krasinski, guess what it brings us? It brings us hope, doesn't it? You see, what I'm seeing on social media, at least, are people coming together to bring hope. And isn't our hope in humanity restored when we hear those stories? You know, deep down amidst all the tragedy, the statistics, the fear, the lockdown, we all need hope. I just saw uh, that Andrea Bocelli, the, the famous opera singer, he's going to be releasing on Easter Sunday in Italy. So it will be, I think, early morning, our time on Monday morning. Uh, in Italy, he'll be streaming a live music concert called Music for Hope. You can, you know, it, it's free. You know, you can tune into it later. You know, you're welcome. But the whole idea of it is to give hope to people through music. We all want hope. We all need hope. We don't know how long this is going to last for. We don't, know, we don't know who's next, who's going to get sick next, who's going to possibly die. But we need hope to get through this, don't we? And yet, while some of this entertainment online might be a good distraction, it might give us a sense of hope and togetherness, it really can't promise us anything, can it? It might bring a smile to our face at most. It might be like a soothing balm to our soul, you know, a good tiger balm on our hearts. But honestly, after this pandemic and the world attempts to go back to normality, 
Will uncertainty, will fear, will anxiety just disappear? We have to face reality that pandemic or not, you and I will almost certainly go through seasons in life, won't we, of fear and anxiety. Where then will we find a true and lasting hope that goes beyond this lockdown? See, the Easter message is all about hope, a greater hope that lasts. You might be new to church or you might have been in church for a long time. I'm glad you're joining us today because I want to share with you a solid hope, a spiritual hope that goes far deeper than anything the world or or someone behind a camera can offer you. In today's Bible reading, we read the narrative of what happened after Jesus died on the cross. Now, you can imagine that it must have been really difficult for his close friends to, to see him crucified, dead, and buried in a tomb. This would have been a time of heartbreak, grief, hopelessness, fear, uncertainty, anxiety. You see, the Sunday after the first Good Friday, as we know it, Mary Magdalene, one of his followers, wanted to go see the body of Jesus to anoint it properly for burial. You know, that's what they did. They anointed the body with spices and stuff. But when she arrived before dawn, the stone that blocked the entrance was already rolled away. The body was gone. There was, there was a really big boulder in front of this tomb but it was rolled away. It's no easy feat. As we read in our Bible reading, she rushes off. She tells Peter and the disciple John, who's writing this, who who rush on down to the empty tomb. They find the linen and the face cloth that 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 he was wrapped in, lying where his body should be. Now that's weird already, right? If the body was, say, stolen, as some say, why did they unwrap him neatly, leave the linen folded there? Doesn't make sense. So Mary was outside and two angels appear asking why she's crying. And then all of a sudden the risen Jesus appears to her, tells her to stop crying and to not hold on too tight because he's got to go. He's got to tell, she's got to go tell the other disciples he'll be ascending and returning to the Father. Now flashback to, to John chapter 14. Remember, he'll go ahead of them to prepare a place for them in the Father's home. We can read that, that whole narrative and say, that's cool. It's interesting, but what John does in his retelling of this account is he wants us to experience and feel the hope that they felt. The linen was there. They believed. They were told again and again that he'll die and be raised again in three days. Mary, a woman, her eyewitness account is recorded by John. She was the first to see Jesus face to face. Now that that should really fascinate us, right? John isn't fabricating this. You see, a woman's testimony in ancient Middle Eastern cultures bore less weight. Yet John tells it as it is. He tells no lies. He wants the church to see that the resurrection happened. And it's a woman that testified to it. And for us, that means, it means hope. It means true hope. Can I I talk about hope for a second, though? Hope is an interesting thing. It's not something tangible, is it? It's both a feeling and an expectation or desire right? We shape our lives around it. It sets the course, our direction, it's our GPS in life. Now for some of us, we might put hope in our studies that we'll achieve results so that we'll attain a career and a job in which will give us purpose, it'll give us meaning. We'll secure ourselves well, financial security, it'll bring us satisfaction. We put our hope in our friends and family and they'll bring us comfort in times of need, that they're dependable, that they'll fulfill our longing for friendship and love. We put our hope, perhaps, in possessions that my car, my new kicks, my new gadget will deliver a sense of fulfillment or excitement, the envy of others. For many, it's simply putting our hope in ourselves, that we're intelligent, 
good looking, popular, likable, that positive thinking and confidence that will bring me success or fulfillment in life. We all put our hope in something. We all hope that the things we do, the achievements we make and the relationships we build will give us purpose and joy, reward and reputation, safety and satisfaction in this life. Friends, our, heart, our hearts, they're wide for hope, aren't they? Where is your hope? I mean, peel back the layers of your heart. What motivates us? What pushes us? What steers us in certain directions? Reflect on it. Because it's that hope that gives us purpose and shapes our identity. Yet, hope can only take us so far, can't it? We still feel the weight of rejection. We still feel the weight of fear, disappointment, frustration in life. Why do we feel that way? Isn't it because we put our hope in something that often doesn't deliver? Our hope often crashes when reality hits us. It does disappoint, it does fail, it never fulfills. Hope, often more than not, it just it's really just a facade for wishful thinking. You know, to lessen the blow, what do we often tell ourselves? We say, let's not get our hopes up, right? Now, we need hope, 100%. Yes, we need hope. Our survival as humans in this life, at least, it depends on holding on to hope, giving hope, being a hope, sharing hope with each other. Yet more often than not, no one has real answers. The coronavirus, it has infected over a million people. It's brought a lot of death into our world. Yeah, we can sing songs from our balcony and put teddy bears in our window, but if it's not COVID-19 that will strike us, something else will. Hope is limited to this short window of life that we live. But where will we find hope in the face of life and even in death? We've got to start with our reality. You see, there's something wrong with our world. It's not as it should be. The Bible, it calls it sin. The sin of our world, it's a spiritual problem of the human heart. Sin is that rejection of God that humanity shares in, that we'd rather play God over our own lives. We'd rather worship our own gods than to give God the recognition that he deserves. And you see, in today's world, we're, we're very much feeling the weight of sin, aren't we? The effects of it, the brokenness, the sickness, the, the violence, the disunity, the racism, just human selfishness, even. I mean, the pandemic itself, being in lockdown, that's the effects of a sin-stained world. Now, it's so interesting, isn't it? For many, the answer is put your hope in human progress and science, right? You know, and, and, and that's good and all, like, but does it have all the answers? Uh, you know, I, I feel you. Know, I feel you. I'm, I'm totally blessed to live in 2020, to live in a world of progress, where, where technology is so advanced where education is so accessible, where social movements can go viral overnight. So blessed to live in 2020, yet look around. We still live in a world where greed, abuse, violence, jealousy, selfishness still thrive. With, with everything that our world is today, all the overnight viral social media movements, we gotta ask, is the world a better place? Have we achieved world peace? Safety? I mean, is the Humans of New York blog meant to sustain our hope in humanity? Let's be honest. Are people today actually happier and kinder and more generous than the past? Do we have all the answers? You see, for generations we've been preaching a message of hope that our world, humanity, is getting better with progress. But is that hope just a pipe dream? 
if we're depending on human progress to achieve it. See, while it's easy to blame external circumstances and other people for the world's problems, the Bible says the problem lies in every one of us, every human heart. Not just the hearts of who we consider are bad people, but our hearts too. None of us are perfect, are we? We want to believe that there is hope in humanity, but let's be real and admit there's something wrong with us. It's got to do with our sin, the sin that separates us and distances us from a good and holy God. See, ultimately, we see the effects of sin in death, don't we? Death comes for all of us, doesn't it? Sometimes we all hate uh, to face uh, we, we all hate to face that reality because it just seems so unfair. I mean, we fear the coronavirus because we fear death, rightly so. It is frightening, but what has happened is we've all been awakened, haven't we? We've all been awakened to the fragility of life, our mortal bodies. We're not invincible. But what is most frightening about death? Death swallows up all hope. Death takes the lives of our loved ones. Death takes all our ambitions, all our goals, all our achievements, the reputation, the name that we built up, that's all forgotten in the sands of time when we die. Everything we once put our hope in fades away in the face of death. What we read today in the Bible gives us a hope that stands, one that doesn't fail. And that hope, it comes in a person. It appeared before Mary in the person of the resurrected, the risen Jesus. For the disciples, the empty tomb and the risen Jesus standing before them meant hope was restored. Hope became real. And it's what the church today celebrates. It's what all our Christian friends on social media post saying, He is risen. That's what this is about. Hope is alive. And Him rising from the dead, John wants us to know hope is tangible, hope is solid. You see, the gospel tells us Easter is all about Jesus, the perfect and innocent Son of God who died the death reserved for us. Now Jesus, by dying, took away our sin. He took the world's debt, paid our debt on our behalf on the cross. He took the penalty on his own shoulders, our past, present, and future sin. The perfect, sinless Son of God gave his life for ours. Experience the punishment for sin. Experience suffering. Experience death on our behalf. It was the great substitution. It had to be done. But the Easter story doesn't end there. If Jesus died and that was it, there'd be nothing to rejoice in. It'd be just another story of a man dying, a good teacher and miracle worker at best, executed on another Roman cross. What we read is Jesus, three days later, was raised to life, and he stood solid before his disciples, in flesh before his disciples. And this is why we as Christians have hope. There are two things I think are really relevant to us. The first thing is the resurrection. It gives us the hope of restoration. We see a Jesus who has a resurrected body. His disciples, they witnessed him. They recorded it for us. His body was restored. He gives us a solid hope of heaven that we too can share in that restoration, right? With new restored bodies when this life ends. You see, the, the great mind of, of Stephen Hawking, right? He saw his body and mind as a computer that just shuts down. He says that any type of afterlife is just a fairy story. And while he's, he's got a brilliant mind, I'm struggling to understand what hope would you be living for if that were true. 
If we're honest with ourselves, does anyone really want to just die into nothingness? The short 80 year, 90 years in this world, is that all that there is? For some, even shorter? The older you get, the more you realize how short and fragile life is. Deep down, we're all afraid of dying, aren't we? Dying especially into the unknown. Losing others to death, it frightens us. I mean, that's why we're wearing our masks outdoors. That's why we're sanitizing our hands and wiping down surfaces. We're all hoping for some sort of Elysium to come. Some sort of nirvana, eternal peace, particularly if we found this life to be hard and miserable. Jesus gives us the hope of restoration. What Christians refer to us, refer to as a new and an eternal life. Jesus promises us, it's written later in, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, all things will be made new. It's a picture. Heaven is a picture of restoration. That's a hope that the re resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us. We will be restored, but not just in our bodies. We will be restored to a relationship with our God. But secondly, the hope Jesus gives us is also one of assurance and confidence. We don't have to fear death. Read verse 17 with me. Jesus said to Mary, Do not hold on to me, for I am not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. You see, Jesus is saying to Mary, I need to not only be raised, I need to ascend. I need to return to the Father's side, God's side, to, to, to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. Jesus is promising Mary something here, isn't he? That she'll have the hope of eternal peace and life with God too. The resurrection of Jesus gives that hope to Mary and to us when we meet and put our faith in the resurrected Jesus. Sin doesn't separate us from God any longer. He has risen and defeated sin and death. This is what we call in, in Christian terminology, it's called union with Christ through, through faith in him. Jesus himself is the reason why we can have assurance that the fate of death itself, as hard as it might be, is no longer to be feared. There is certainty amidst the uncertainty of life. There is peace amongst the fear we face. There is security amongst the insecurity and anxieties our hearts feel. The Bible elsewhere says in, in Romans 6 verse 10, The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, in our Bibles, he also says with this very confident tone, he says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus, he came down not in royal robes, but a king in the form of a common man. He came to die a lowly death, one reserved for criminals on a Roman cross. But he shows us his majesty, doesn't he? He shows us his royalty, his reign, his, his power, because he conquers the one enemy no human can conquer, death itself. Jesus himself defeats death. He kills it. He's victorious over it. He has mastery over it. Do you realize that? Death can't hold him down. No one makes claims like Jesus, who once said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. And then he dies, actually dies, and is 
actually resurrected to prove it? No one in this world has that sort of power, do they? The most powerful CEO, the billionaire, the owner of Google or Apple who own us, no presidency, no king, death is going to face all of them, no matter how powerful they become in this world. Even my brother Kanye West, he probably used to think he could defeat death, but he's been humbled. He knows only Jesus defeats death. The one who has power over the wind and the waves, he has power over sin and over death, which means that sin and death no longer has power over us. Friends, for you and for me, it won't end in ashes. While the, while the world is looking for an antidote for a virus, Jesus provides the antidote for sin. You and I, we've been freed from sin. You and I can share in the glorious resurrection eternity with our Creator. Where there is no more sin, where there is no more pain, no more suffering, no more coronavirus, no more lockdown, no more fear, anxiety, uncertainty, where we're in the presence of joy where we're in the presence of love, where we're in the presence of peace, where we're in the presence of God himself. We no longer have to fear death itself because there is a true and solid hope that we can anchor in. He guarantees us that if there is any hope in this world and in the next, if we can have any assurance, it's through him and him alone, the one who has power over death itself. John places the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle in place to see the big picture of who Jesus is and his mission in our world. To see the power of God's love for you and for me, we are fully loved. He truly is the crucified Christ, the risen Savior, and we can, with him, share in that future hope of restoration and be assured. It doesn't end in ashes for him, and it won't end in ashes for us. It's a game changer, isn't it? I can't defeat death, <laughs> no matter how hard I try, no matter how many supplements I take, no matter how much I can bench press, which is a fair bit, no matter how powerful I think I am, I don't have control over death. We put our hope so desperately in what we can control, don't we? Our health, our career, our finances. It's how we define our power. But when our control comes crashing down, what do we do? We put our hope in toilet paper. We hoard pasta, hoping we'll be secure. It's a fake sense of control, isn't it? It's a counterfeit hope. But you know who has true power? Jesus does. And that changes everything. My life can't be the same if, if, if the hope that my life is built around rests on the resurrection of Christ. It's a game changer. It's a life that now is marked by confidence. It's marked by peace. It's marked by hope, even in the face of COVID-19, even in the face of death. And so today we remember, he has risen. He's our solid hope. Have you put your hope in Jesus? Have you given your life to him so that hope becomes a reality for you? Let me encourage you today. Come before God in prayer, asking God to show you what this hope looks like, to do that work in your heart. If you, and, and if you already stand trusting in Christ's resurrection, how has your life changed because of it? Has it? Are you finding your security, your peace, your confidence there? And how are you bringing comfort love and peace to others in the face of fear and anxiety? Will you speak the words of Christ to them to share the same hope that you cling to in your hearts? You know, Mary was told to go and tell the others. Will we go and tell the others? Will we stand on the rock of Christ? Will we have our firm foundation on him? Perhaps we need to make space on this rock as we stand on it to bring others to stand on this rock with us, to bring that hope 
to the anxious, to bring hope to the fearful during this time. I read something the other day. I listened to something, but I read something as well. I'm not ashamed to admit this. I was, I was on TikTok this last week uh, to see what the hype is about. It's actually not that bad. But I stumbled across this educational video, and, it, and I learned in this educational video on TikTok about a Croatian man, right, who was dubbed the luckiest man alive. He escaped death seven times. I don't know if you've heard this story. His name is Frain Selak. I think that's how you say his name, Selak. It started in 1962 when he was riding a train through a cold, rainy, rainy canyon and the train flipped off the tracks and crashed in a river. Someone pulled Salak to safety, while 17 other passengers drowned. He suffered a broken arm and hypothermia. The next year, during his first and only plane ride, he was blown out of a malfunctioning plane door. And guess what? He landed in a haystack. He survived. The plane crashed, killing 19 people. Now, three years after that, he was on a bus and the bus skidded off the road into a river, drowning four passengers. Salak, he swam to shore with a few cuts and bruises. Again, in 1970, his, his car caught fire. He was driving it, caught fire. He managed to escape before the fuel tank blew up. Three years later, in another driving incident, the engine of his car had this malfunctioning fuel pump, caused flames to shoot through the air vents. Slack's hair was completely singed in the incident, but he was unharmed. 1995, he was struck by a bus, sustained only major, major minor injuries. In 1996, he, he, was, he was gonna be in a head-on collision with the truck around a mountain curve, but he swerved into a guardrail, which gave way under, under the force of his car. He was ejected from the car. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt. You know, this is like a movie. The, the, the door flew open. He managed to hold onto a tree on the side of the cliff, watched his car plummet down 90 meters into a gorge. He escaped death seven times in his life. Sounds crazy. And although people think that he's cheated death or somehow lucky, more lucky than others, Frayne, Selec, he's going to eventually die. We think we're lucky. We think we're blessed if we haven't caught the virus or if death is not yet at our doorstep. But are those who have faced it, those who are sick, those who are dying, are they unlucky? We need to face hard reality. See, at some point in life, we will get sick. We'll get injured. We'll face hardship. We'll all face death. Where are you going to anchor your hope and confidence in? For this life and the next, where will you anchor your hope and confidence in? How will sin be taken care of? Friends, when we look to the resurrected Jesus, we can have a confident hope, one that is unwavering, solid, unbreakable, because he has gone before us. He has conquered and killed death itself so that we could have eternal spiritual life. Whether you've been calling yourself a Christian for a long time or whether you're here for the first time because your friend invited you or you're curious to know what Easter, what Christianity is all about, this is the best news you'll ever hear. It's more than some good news, isn't it? And I'm hoping and praying that you'll see there is no greater hope, no greater confidence than in the one that Easter and the resurrection is all about. Jesus who died and has risen, so that you and I, when we put our faith in him, we can know, we can enjoy, we can embrace life with him forever. Let's pray. Father, today we remember the risen Saviour and we thank you. You in your love rescued us. You in your love has given us hope, true lasting hope. He came in the form of Jesus. And so, Lord, may the truth of who he is and what he accomplishes, what he accomplished in defeating sin and death, may give us an anchor, a solid foundation, may give us a true and lasting hope 
in whatever circumstance, in whatever fear, anxiety or uncertainty we find ourselves in. May Christ be our solid hope and our firm foundation. For your glory we pray. Amen.